This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, well, well. (laughs) (laughs) One year on. One year on. They tried to stop us. They tried to pull us off the airwaves. They said it can't be done. They says they'll never listen. But one year on, there's three people left. And there ain't no good now, Vienna. Who's they? The oppressors. <laughs> the industry. <laughs> the industry. The industry that's tried to silence us for years. Oh, God, here we go. How we doing, fellas? I'm good, man. I just had a wee gander there while we were loading up. The 23rd of March last year. And we're now recording this. No, sorry. 24th of March last year. And we're now recording this very podcast on the 23rd of March. So, unbelievable. There'll be a few a few sore heads tomorrow. <laughs> there certainly <laughs> will be. I think I'll be a bit hoarse tomorrow, as they say. I'll need to get back on the meat. I'll need, to, I'll need to get the square sausages in. Yes. A little bit of a bubbly, as they say. It never meant that much to you. You were, we had to bespore it in there until you get your cooker fixed. Cooker? Aye. <laughs> aye. What was going on there? You know what's happened with your cooker, eh? The fucking, who shows up at 8 o'clock at night to fix a cooker? Uh, John Bell of... I don't know what his company name is. My friend, John Bell. Uh, but the guys came in with the cooker yesterday and it was meant to be installation included. Was it an aga uh, you were getting? Get yourself an aga? <laughs> <laughs> they brought it in and then they were... It's quite funny because it was... Emily that, that took it out because I was just saying I'm I'm too fear to electrics and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. fine. So she she got a video on YouTube and took it off. All the power was off anyway. I think because of COVID you had to, you had to try and get the the cooker down the stairs. So that's fine. We got the cooker down the stairs and the guys brought it up. But it was like the guys were direct like the they look they had one look at the plug and they were just like. <sighs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that sort of thing. <laughs> so they're telling us, they're telling me, telling us the bits to get. But I was trying to like explain. It's like I just had to pay my bit for the cooker, and and she would see see it getting installed or whatever. But the, mm-hmm. but as they were explaining the bits for the plugs and all that, like it was as if she wasn't there. Uh, it was how it was asking the questions, but the, the, they just kept looking at me and saying, "Right, mate, it's just like changing a plug and all that sort of thing." As if I knew what the fuck they were on about. <laughs> And then they were going away, they're like, see you later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Disgraceful. Toxic masculinity. Anyway, we had to get John to come in the day, so he didn't get the joke at first. He was like, sorry, I'm late. I was like, I know, fuck's sake, I'm starving. As if I'd been waiting yesterday <laughs> for something to eat. He's like, oh, sorry, mate. But it was this time. Right, so that's, his, that's the cooker fixed. It did only take a couple of minutes. but What happened to the old cooker? Piece of shit? The main oven bit would just take, like, say... Say something would say it would take 20 minutes, but it would take half an hour. Yeah. Which was something I would, I'd be prepared to. How did you sleep at night? <laughs> For a busy a busy man Excuse like yourself? Excuse me. But uh, I, she, she made the executive decision, which of which I was only too happy to pay. For. <laughs> <laughs> As you can imagine. So I, a full year of casting, quite the journey. Starting to rack up the guests as well now. 
But this time next year we could have. We'll be doing a podcast live outside the Grammys. Live from the red carpet, eh? As in Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> so I'm going to hand you over now to the guys from Scotland. Three guys here. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Cheers, mate. Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? <laughs> All right, Brad, sir. What's happening? Fantastic performance, sir. <laughs> What's been happening this week, boys? How have you celebrated your your one year anniversary? I've had uh, a good bit of renovation going on. More, more so than the the cooker. Mm-hmm. Had the the walls painted in my room. Fucking hell, uh, Kevin McLeod will be around soon. I know. Guess which colours? Magnolia. Green and white. <laughs> you get a, a border mind you'd get that when you were a wee guy well there was a border and then well it was how I was wanting to paint it so like we took this border off but taking the border off meant there was like half of the plaster come off so I tried to put the polyfiller in it as oh. good as I can which isn't great again I, I would not give a single fuck about it but she's the boss you have to take pride in your home absolutely I know but now it's got to the stage where she's like do you really need that Jimi Hendrix poster up? <laughs> like, oh no. So this is why I really need a shed now. So I can put What's he even put your Strokes poster and Jimi <laughs> Hendrix poster up? Hi, Jim Morrison. We'll have Aye. to give the podcast, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to go visual for the next podcast and you can give us a, a tour of the new abode. Right, we'll do that when we, when we sort out our TikTok account. Aye. When we're, we're ticking and we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Dad? You've been up to fuck all, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, no, I've, no, I've not been renovating anything or getting it running or <laughs> I've just been in my house. <laughs> and do you know what, man? That is that is okay too. That is okay too. Do not feel any pressure to be constantly creating during lockdown. It's the biggest regret you'll have. Yeah, but last week's podcast, we we Adam from Youngblood went down very well. A lot of new listeners, welcome to our platform. Uh, on here we speak about a multitude of things go back to earlier episodes if you would like to tune in to hear some of our stories and thank you to the new patrons again some new patrons signed up fantastic big shout out to them and we've got a very special guest again this week a comedian so what we had with singers actors band members comedians and and now we've got comedians is that us done the full scale of entertainment no that an artist well, we need to look out for the magic wave of the brush, as they say. Just still get a, a sportsman on. A jock. A jockey. <laughs> a jockey. A jockey. <laughs> Frankie Dottori. <laughs> get a wee jockey on. That'd be class. <laughs> we could start interviewing, like, a tradesman. Like, mm. John that came in and fitted my cooker earlier on. Here, maybe that could be a thing. Like, we interview the normal man. The normal person. You'll be hard pushed to find better patter anywhere in the world than on a fucking building site. Maybe that'd be a fucking shout. It's just if they would get stage fright or not, you know. Not used to the limelight. <laughs> you could you could coach them through it, Jamie. <laughs> you could say, listen, I'm just like you. I work on the tools as well. <laughs> and then you could say, you're in a safe space here. Kerr's done a bit of the tools and Daz's stepdad does a bit of the tools as well. <laughs> True. So we all know a bit about tools. <laughs> so I, maybe. Well, let's, hopefully the fans can let us know if they would like to eat to speak to some more tradesmen people tradesmen <laughs> <laughs> have you came across any women in the field yet Jamie? there was a lassie spark on one of the jobs I wasn't speaking to her but I remember just thinking that was cool it was good to see her it was mm-hmm. good to think that's because you don't see it much mm-hmm. um, and then I don't know I wasn't looking at her like longer than I should be in a way but just just admiring I saw somebody of the the opposite sex doing what is traditionally a a manly job. Totally. So, uh, but I didn't. Uh, like, obviously, it'd be too patronising for for me to go up like, "That's really nice that you're doing that." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I would say something wrong if I had to, because she'd probably be able to batter me. Aye. I just didn't say anything. Saw so some um, tweet the other day, and it was like a thread. Of uh, people's most deluded beliefs about themselves. Wow. Uh, it made me, made me think of uh, yours with the bartending care. <laughs> 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 However, for years, for so long, you've said that 
either you'd be good at working a bar or you'd just like to work in a bar, but it's never going to happen. I'm just uh, imagining you spinning the bottles. And all that. <laughs> in your head, you, you would first shift, first hour, you'd be like shit hot. At it. <laughs> <laughs> like, be able to do all that, know how to make all the cocktails. Aye, aye, like in my, in my head, you're so right. Like, I look fucking class in it. It's like a, a really cool, almost like a cloth over your shoulders. Aye, aye, totally. And like, I probably in this vision of myself would get like cool tattoos and that as well. Aye, aye. It's pure packed, but but you're 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 completely. It's no, it's not phasing you one bit. <laughs> <laughs> and music's pumping, and like absolutely going, and it's so busy. But like I'm in complete control. Still have enough time to have a joke and spin bottles and all that, and people are admiring. What a great bartender! We love aye. this bar. But that's, that's so true, man. <laughs> Try to pour a pint. It's all for me every time. Uh, to be fair, my message and she showed me how to make a fantastic old fashioned and a, a bramble. And uh, another fucking one, I forgot the name, but they're very delicious. So, if you ever want an old-fashioned, boys, I'm your man. That'd be insight there, a wee bit of Easter egg. It's been a while. Uh, we could reveal all of our favourite cocktails. Jamie, what's your favourite cocktail? Uh, I don't know. M- mojito? <laughs> a Majato? <laughs> uh, that is so basic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, never, I never remember the names of the cocktails. Sex on the beach. Woo <laughs> <laughs> woo. <laughs> What's your passion? Uh, a Bloody Mary. Oh, aye. Delicious. You always used to get them in when we used to travel back in the day to gigs. Back in the day. You'd mm-hmm. always get them in the airport, aye. Traditional to get one at the airport. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I had cocktails was uh, we were in that beach in Thailand at the Hard, Hard Rock Hotel. Oh, aye, aye. A year and a half ago. <laughs> Mind us getting there, oh. so excited, just jumping in the pool right away when it was night time and kind of freezing. We just wanted to get like, nobody else was in the pool, we just wanted to swim. Aye, uh, just because we could. Just because we could, but we guys. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. Anyway, sometime soon, boys. Hit that bell. Part of the podcast, mate. This is for <coughs> last <coughs> Tuesday. I was just trying to get one that was the uh, I couldn't get in trouble for. Mm. I only read one day last week, didn't I? And it's the one where I was I was on acid or whatever. Aye, aye. Right. Okay. Tuesday, the 16th of March. Woke up the day with an electrifying sensation coursing through my blood. I feel fucking invincible. The sleep was uninterrupted after getting in about two bells last night when my eyes prized open at half seven. The sun that kicked through the blinds made me stand at attention within seconds. I don't know what's going to happen today, but I'm sure as fuck ready for it. I had some welcoming news last night at the job in Stirling. Since I'm such a great wee worker, I'm allowed to claim my hours for a shift on Wednesday night that I don't actually have to be there for. There's a lot of hour thievery going on in the beautiful fridge game, which is fine because the guy who employs me makes money off this as well. It's a strange scenario that doesn't quite make any sense, but there's genuinely no losers, <laughs> which, is I- which is ideal conditions for banditry. The Clash song Bank Robber never seems more poignant. To make matters even better, it's going to be St. Patrick's Day, and E.T. is working tomorrow night. So it seems appropriate that I have a wee shindig to myself whilst I get paid my 8 hours. 10 quid an hour means I'll make 80 sterling units before tax whilst I crank up the pogues. That's an easy bit of maths but what's taken some considerable time is sussing out my full hours worked. It's too complicated now and there's a lot of 8s and 9s. So it'll be the best part of a grand over the last 9 days or whatever. I'll do it later after my last shift tonight. Cheltenham festivals on this week as well, so I might have a good wee week counting statistics and losses to the bank balance. I'm away out for an excited dance around Wishy the where I'll try my damnedest not to listen to the pogues and save myself for the morrow. What a fucking life I lead, everything is wonderful. <laughs> All that hoo-ha about being in the top league on Duolingo has resulted in my arrogant complacency. Cause I was doing that brilliant in my French lessons, it's made me be idle, and although I've still managed my daily streak, I've been relegated into the second division, 
which is sinisterly named the Obsidian League. <laughs> no idea what that word means, and it would pain me to bing it. <laughs> I don't want to put a, a dampener on this fine day by learning what Obsidian means in case it frightens me. The relegation for the Premiership to the Championship should give me the tone the boys I deserve. And now I must be like the phoenix rising for the ashes and strive for excellence. On my dance down the woods there. Oh, I've stopped calling it my run now and I'll just call it my, my daily dance. Nice, okay, I get you. On my dance down the woods there I had a, a Northern Soul playlist which was complimented by the spring heat on my skin. I'm actually writing this sitting on my front step. Which is the first time that I've not done a journal entry that's written on the couch or in the van going to work. I'd be quite up for taking a, the computer a stoke down the Clyde or try different writing locations. Gonna have another look at sheds soon, but for the meantime, it just feels so good having my bare feet on the concrete. I'd love it if it was a sunny beach to run my toes through the sand, as running them through the slabs doesn't have quite the same effect. I feel awfully content. Better days are coming. Nicola Sturgeon has announced the roadmap out of lockdown this afternoon. I don't know why it's called a roadmap, and I feel like she's missed a trick by no calling it the road to Damascus. <laughs> Easter weekend, we'll see the return of non-essential shops plying their non-essential items. There's a lot of drama about this and loads of shops, including Thornton's, have said they aren't going to reopen as normal after lockdown. If the high street was already shafted, then it's looking grim for the future, with hundreds of thousands of projected job losses. I'm glad I'm not relying on going out busking anymore. A shame really, but this is why I think, this is why capitalism doesn't work. Because of these big fucking supermarkets monopolising every fucking town and city in the country, it prices all your wee local shops out of business. Bakers, butchers, opticians, clothes retailers, you fucking name it, I must have been really angry here. <laughs> <laughs> and what's worse is that these big companies are always based somewhere else, so get away with no paying any tax back into the country. Although I'm glad I can get out and be exploited for my labour to the value of the living wage fixing fridges. Really, I wish all these big places would disappear. It's good they create loads of jobs for folk, but it really stifles creativity and entrepreneurship. These two words are synonymous with capitalism though, and I'll need to have a word with Daniel Lamb and find the Communist Party's stance on this. <laughs> Wednesday 17th of March My big story a shindig that I had planned for myself is quashed as soon as I woke up. E.T.'s shift gets swapped, so she's not going to work anymore. <laughs> she says I can still watch my Shane McGowan film, but... The day was the longest I've slept for a long time. I didn't wake up to about half eleven, but then again I didn't get into it about four in the morning. I got told last night only to book for four hours instead of the eight. At least I'm still getting some money for the non-shift tonight, but it's half the amount. Still it's a good result, getting paid 40 bangers to watch a film about one of my idols. It'll be a different St. Patrick's Day this year. Last year I headed down to my local Paddy Boozer, The Cross Keys for the annual celebration of All Hangs Irish. With a lockdown set to be announced any day now, it was such a weird experience. At that point there was a recommended stay-at-home warning going round, but everyone was still open. Most other countries, certainly in Europe, already had their lockdowns in place, but Boris still had all our borders open and was only hastily telling people there was any sort of threat. There was still a lot of denial at that stage for a big chunk of the public, in the pub that night, I would have said it was about two-fifths full of what it could have been, and despite there being singers etc, proposed party and revelers enjoyment factor was at an all-time miserable low. All MD was talking about was this virus. In my head I was convinced it would be gone in a week or two, and I've still sort of got that same optimism than now, that it'll be gone as soon as it arrived. Other people are all doom and gloom about it, assuming the worst about everything. I think last year at the Cross Keys folk had stopped shaking hands at this point, which was and is the strangest thing. I'm quite used to shaking horns or giving cuddles, and mind going home that night relatively sober for a St Patrick's Day, or creeped out at what was happening in the world. It was starting to get serious. A few days earlier I had just arrived back from Reykjavik. Two days before I left, E.T. was saying that she was bringing hand sanitizer to wipe down the seats in the flight over, and I was joking I would be sitting somewhere else. 
when we arrived in Iceland, I quickly got the gist the current thing wasn't a joke anymore. I began to stop pretending E.T. that I was infected. <laughs> Coming into arrivals, we seen this lady at a Chinese sort of appearance in a room and she was coughing her head off. Surrounding her was four folk in the hazmat suits that I'd only seen in the films. Outside, I was smoking a fag when an ambulance rushed up to the airport. The woman got stretchered out pronto, rigged up to all these machines. Iceland was a fucking brilliant place to be. But during the holiday, I was sort of addicted to the news. Stuff around the world was happening so, so fast. In a sense, it was kind of exciting for me, which is quite hard to explain rationally. Nothing like this had ever happened before. In our hotel, a receptionist buzzed up to the room and she inquired to see if we're US citizens or not. Or even travelling there as the North Atlantic Island is a popular stop in between Europe and the States. I told her I wasn't, I was just going back to wishy. <laughs> when we are going out to go and see the Northern Lights, it was pandemonium in the foyer. Loads of Americans were shouting and being over the top dramatic, Wayne's greeting folk on their phones. It was probably like that New York Stock Exchange that you see on the telly, total madness. Apparently the US ambassador to Iceland had just been running and gave some sort of speech. The Americans had something like 48 hours to get home before they shut the border at the EU. I think Italy was particularly bad at that point and some of the Fitbit games had begun to get played with the crowds. When we went out to see the Northern Lights, I was on this wee minibus with about 10 other folk. I was mortally drunk, having taken bottles of duty-free vodka with me for the excursion. If they was geeing at oohs and ahs, or whatever it was they could see in the sky. E.T. was getting all emotional, getting all teary-eyed at the beautiful displays of dancing lights. All I could see though, was this wee horse in a field. A wee strung out looking Shetland, or Viking pony as they know them, with its coarse fringe draping over its eyes. I tried my very best to see this fucking spectacular occurrence in nature, but for the life of me, it just wouldn't appear. So I just drank my vodka and had a conversation with the horse. Back home was when Ivdy was fighting over toilet roll and pasta and that. My return to Scotland just before St Patrick's Day meant I'd miss most of that, although the first cases of Covid patients had been admitted in at Wishy General. It had been declared that the epidemic had now been upgraded to the higher, more serious status of pandemic. This pub I was in that night was also the last gig I played. The night before Iceland, me and Jim got booked to play in it, and all we knew about it was it was a fundraiser for something. When we got there, it was stowed with all these guys with Stone Island jackets. It became clear me and Jim had been booked to play for a Celtic Ultras night. They called themselves the boys, and they were a breakaway faction for the more well-known Green Brigade. I was asking somebody that night what the difference between them was. Why did they start the boys? This wee guy eloquently put it as the Green Brigade are all Palestine and food banks, but the boys are all about rocket launchers and balaclavas. Within our repertoire, Jim and I couldn't play any of these guys' requests. Quite often the songs they were asking for usually contained the word sniper at some point in the title. <laughs> you could tell these guys weren't really enjoying the calibre of tunes that we were accustomed to, but we managed to go down a fucking storm by busting out every Oasis and Stone Roses song we knew, and we finished the night as champions of the Fenians by playing a medley of all the hymns we could mind. <laughs> it's mad thinking that was a year ago. That's mad, that, that's the, that's the, I could quite possibly be used to document this time decades from now. A very poignant piece. <laughs> poignant. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I think now it's time we uh, we head over for our conversation with comedian Paul Black. When the fire all is a little heat, uh, promise when I'm feeling back up on my feet. Shelter from the rain, running with the drips. I would rather die than be cut off from my roots. Bring the fire or at least a little heat with me. I promise when I feel it back up on my feet and we shut off from the rain, running with the drips. Never cut off from my roots, like hold Be 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm, I'm very really unemployed, so I'm enjoying doing fuck all. It's really quite quite decent. I'm all right. How are you guys? Are you a jack of all trades? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, I do a bit of some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely not a jack of all trades. A jack of some trades? Aye, that's, that should be the same. Paul, for those who don't know you, tell us what you do, mate. I make comedy sketches and post them online, and also I do, I'm kind of just work as a freelance writer and uh, I actually did a pilot that was on BBC Scotland so Merlin just the online videos watched it mate watched it. it thank you I appreciate it I even shared it oh I really appreciate that that's music to my ears I've also got an accolade for you Paul uh, I was told I was told to say this is the first thing to say to you off of my girlfriend she thinks that you're the funniest person she's ever seen and she wants you to make a film and she'll go and see it ten times. Oh, oh that is so <laughs> kind. Thank you to your girlfriend. What's her name? Emily. Listen, Emily, thank you. I do it for you and you only. <laughs> I appreciate it. When did you start making videos, man? Tell me about it. How did it happen? So I think I first the first ever video I put out, I'd been kind of trying to build, not trying to, but building a following on Twitter for just like viral tweets or whatever. But then... Me and my brother one day just posted a video as in wigs and it was the, I don't know if you've seen that stop filming me Courtney video, so it was, uh-huh. that was the first ever thing we posted and it was genuinely like, I think it's an 11 second video and it went really viral and from then, like I, I was trying to get into filmmaking anyway, right, I don't know, that's hardly filmmaking but, um, <laughs> so I was like, oh well, may as well, we've got ca- a camera and some sound stuff and all that, let's just make longer sketches. So we made another sketch with uh, those characters and then from then we just kind of kept the momentum going and making stuff. And uh, that was about, I think that was 2018. So coming up for three years since we've been doing it. And then I did, like, each video was kind of getting more successful. And then there was that Glasgow one that was really the most viral still Aye, to date. Tremendous. It's, I think it's going to be my legacy. I can never live it down. Do people shout stuff at you in the streets and that? Is that a, is that a thing? Mostly when they're drunk, I like if it was a night out. So it's been quite good this year. I've no experience that. But the other day I went to the park, I went to Kelvin Grove Park, and I there was a, a lot of heckling. <laughs> it's in one in one hand, it's it's validating. I'm like, all right, good. They've seen it. They like it. They obviously find it funny. But on the other hand, I'm I'm just such an awkward like. I'm I wouldn't say I'm a shy person, but like like I, I just feel like really uncomfortable and those social situations I don't know what to say to people and I'm so para about coming across a wank I'm like what if they go home and say oh, I met that guy that makes the videos and he was a pure wank that's my pure worst <laughs> so I was like I need to just kind of be as like oh, just accepting of it as what it is like I'll just say alright people because I don't know what to say people be like making eye contact to me right and then they're talking <laughs> like that's that guy and I'm just like yeah, I give them a thumbs up and I'm like oh you look like a pure awkward freak but <laughs> when did you get the shout to go and do a pilot with the BBC? So after a few of them, I think actually only two videos we put out, then um, someone from BBC Short Stuff, which is a platform, it's a bit like the social, if you've seen that bit, it's like kind of like the step up to that for me. Because we basically had camera equipment and stuff, we could make things look half decent. So we got to go straight to that platform and we made two sketches for them. And then from then we started having meetings and we were kind of in development and uh, my producer that I work with, a woman called Cathy, she was kind of, she was a film producer, she's made two feature films, so she was like, I can guide you through this because it's, it's different for making sketches online, it's not just, 
like there's a, it's a lot more complicated. Um, so we kind of worked together and we did a few different things. We shot like a wee half pilot that was like a sitcom set in a sports centre, but they didn't like that. So we went back to the drawing board and then we came up with, I didn't really want to do a sketch show, to be honest, because I like the idea of doing a sitcom and stuff more. But the BBC kind of said, that's what's worked for you. So just do a wee sketch show. And we turned it around so fast. I think we filmed it in three days and like the actual like pre-production was like, um, less than a month like it was really a quick turnaround was that the first you kind of work with like scripts then I write out scripts for everything so literally even if it's like just like if it's a proper script which I try and do more because I like to get in the habit of writing like that but also a lot of the time I just write stuff on my phone but I always write it down there'll be things when we film that are just improvised in the moment a lot of things actually but I always have that kind of wireframe script to as a kind of guide to what to follow um, but I've always write because I did like I went to college and that and did like TV production and I've always been making like daft short films and stuff so I've always been into script writing that's kind of what actually got in, got me into it because I was like oh I'm alright at this and making comedy is actually a lot easier than making like films because you don't need any budget to make comedy because nobody cares if it looks shite like if it's funny then they, they don't right. care like about the production value so that's kind of I've been writing scripts probably since school did you default to comedy because of because of money it's like a monetary thing that you ended up making comedy aye I think so but also I did enjoy doing it and I noticed it kind of worked and people liked it so I was like and it's very easy to kind of get yourself noticed with it nowadays because like it's so different for like I don't know how people got into comedy writing and working in TV specifically in comedy like back in the day because I was quite, it happened quite fast for me by just putting my own stuff out there. It's like music as well now, like the way you, you can, if you put your stuff out online, you've got a chance of people seeing your stuff that you would never have been, been in the same room as before, so. I mean, you'll know about that as well, we, we ghost boy. What a vocalist he is. And would you ever, would you ever uh, try stand-up yourself? Like a, just a one-man show? Um, I think maybe no stand-up because I just absolutely like the idea that I actually, I think I would have a panic attack and die. I can't imagine going out on a state. Like, it's just actually nightmarish to think about. But, I'll, and it's also, no, what I'll do, want to work, continue working in TV writing and do that type of thing. So I guess, and, and my producer said to me at one point that you need to kind of make it, like, it's good having, like, a finger in every pie and doing, like, or just be like, oh, I'll do it. But then it's also good to kind of specify what it is you want to do so you can take that route with, because I think then people would be like, what does that guy do? He kind of does this and that. So she'd said that to me and I thought, oh, maybe I should not do stand-up. But then I booked in to do one at the stand. You know, do those red draw things, which is just like anyone can do it if you sign up and they is that give a you a five minute slot or something Aye, aye. So you get five minutes and it's all people generally, I think, that haven't done it before. And uh, me and my brother signed up. We're like, fuck it, let's do it. And then he done his... <laughs> And I just never turned up to mine, so I'm very sorry to stand, but I absolutely shat it. Can you remember any of your part? I think I've still got it. I've still got, it, got please, it written on my please, the notes on my phone. Please go and give us a bash here, please. Right, Annie, let me find it. Redeeming yourself for the stand. <laughs> World exclusive stuff. Find it. I've got about ten million notes on my phone. It better be fucking hilarious, Paul. <laughs> I, I fucking will need be that's the thing now <laughs> oh do you know what I've actually do you know what I did I've realised now so I've found that that every note that I've had here I've used in a tweet instead oh that's fine that's fine good right oh I don't even know how to deliver it so next up we've got uh, I'm the guy to stand how you doing I'm Mick Mick Flanagan here from the stand and we've got a, a really aspiring con one you'll see on your screen is pretty shortly I'm sure he's a man he's called Paul and uh, he's he's Surname's black. <laughs> here he is, coming to the stage. He shot it beforehand, but he's, he's back to redeem himself. It's Paul Black. Give it, give it up for Paul. Hey. Um, all right, guys. Um, this is uh, this is my first time doing stand up. I, as my lovely host pointed out, I shot it last time, and you might have seen these the, these this pattern before because I've just used it on tweets, but. Um, what about grandparents? <laughs> I, I don't have an intro, I've just got talked. Right, right, no. That's class. Right. That's amazing. What about grandparents, eh? You know, you, you get these people and they love to post, like, happy birthday to my beautiful granda. See the po photo they posted beside? It's a photo of him where his eyeballs look like clothes pegs, hanging up the rest of his skin and his facial expression is choking for the sweet release of death. 
Cunt's about 400 year old. I can't even do that. I'm getting up. That's enough. <laughs> that was my full set. Jenko, I think I'm back on. <laughs> Brilliant, Paul. We'll have you back next week. Thank you, sir. Oh, that was... See, this is exactly what would happen, but in front of more than two cunts. I think you would style it out, man. I think you'd be fine, mate. See, this is what I like about doing videos because I can do it in 400 takes if I want. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't... There's no... The live element terrifies me, but I would like to do something at the fringe, but maybe more like a show that's because we've been developing with BBC this kind of like sitcom thing that's my producer keeps calling it gay flea bag, right? And I'm like, I think we need to lose that market employee. It's probably no, it's no good. People are going to be like, right, you can't call it that. But anyway, <laughs> so it's like, I get as I guess there's elements of kind of pathos, I suppose to call it like the sad sad bits but also it's mainly funny so I would like to maybe try that as a, like a show in the stand and have maybe me and a few other characters but I, not the stand sorry the fringe stand won't have me back <laughs> <laughs> who's like an inspiration to you then comedy wise obviously I, I, obviously I'm a Scottish comedy is definitely Lemmy I always like Aye. see if you like when Lemmy was uploading videos like to you, just YouTube and like he didn't have a show and all that Aye. shite that he used to do I don't mean shite I mean good shite card for oh, blue aye aye, aye. all aye. that stuff like I loved them for then. I always thought this guy's fucking nuts. Um, but I just I, see kind of if I meet somebody and they say to me that they don't find Lemmy funny, I'm kind of like it's suspicious. Aye, I'm, I'm like what's Aye. going on there? Like I would not. I don't trust. People I, I know well. what you mean. I know what you it's, mean. I think it's weird when they don't. But I just think I honestly think he's the funniest cunt alive. Like I, I, I know that's probably me just kissing his arse, but I really mean it. Like. He's such a massive inspiration to me in terms of comedy, but I guess I have different inspiration for different things. Like I want to make films, and I like there's like comedians that I like, but that they don't really. I suppose it all inspires you in a way. It all kind of falls into the same creative band. But um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think who else. Who'd, I love him. Have you guys ever seen this country? It's on yes. BBC Three. Brilliant. That Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper make that. I honestly think that's one of the funniest shows ever. I love that. They're amazing. And also, I love, um, I think he's probably a bit problematic now, to be honest, in hindsight. But uh, Chris Lilly, who makes Summer Heights High. Oh, my God. He's hilarious, man. Uh, it's Renee. so good. Uh, Jamie. Uh, sorry. And what's the, uh, what's the teacher G. called? Mr. G. Uh, she's a naughty girl with a bad habit for drugs. My brother always, because he, he's a musician as well, and he does some common stuff, maybe he always, like, would sit and learn the tunes on piano and pure perform them. I'd be like, I'm so impressed by that, because I don't care when you learn pure classical pieces. I want to hear Mr. <laughs> G originals. But that, oh, Summer Heights High has got to be the funniest show I've ever seen. It's class. Um, a minute ago, Paul, when you were talking about your script, and then they wanted to market it as a, a gay flea bag. Aye. I only started watching Fleabag last night, uh, and I thought it was fucking, it's fucking hilarious. I, mean, I end up watching six episodes, and I'm not a, I'm not a binger. Fleabag fanatic out there. There he's there. I know. <laughs> TB Waller Bridge Stan. Is that is that popular? I'm quite out of the loop. <laughs> is, it, is that aye? It's yeah. a wee bit popular. Aye. Have you seen aye. Friends, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a wee sitcom I'll tell you about friends Check it out For everyone that's listening Looking for a good sitcom Brilliant w Would you Would you Consider getting into Serious acting yourself Not to It's quite unfair That in comedic actors That it's not serious But you know what I mean No I know what you mean I know definitely I, I, I mean I'd like to have Schindler's List <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's somewhere Paul In between Black and Schindler's List remake At the fringe Schindler's List At the fringe <laughs> No, maybe I could be maybe there's somewhere in between sketch comedy and Schindler's list that I could find myself. Um, but you never know. I wouldn't say no. Aye. I would I would I would I would I'd throw my hat in the ring for Schindler's list. One man show at the fringe. <laughs> See what happens. So what's the ideal scenario then? What what kind of show do you want to make? So we've been going back and forth with a lot of different ideas, but I really want something that's kind of representative of people around my age in Glasgow there's so few like Glasgow I said obviously I'd still game Lemmy Show Burniston all these things but I mean like in terms of a sitcom that's mere like true to life like mere I don't know how I struggle to describe it which isn't good because that's how I need to sell it and <laughs> that's why it's not being made yet you mean like people like your age group doing what you do going through what you go through sort of thing aye and obviously it's still been a comedy but like I guess the term people use, maybe that's mere jargon, but heightened reality, where it's like, 
pathos. It's mere, aye, bit, bit of pathos, heightened reality and pivoting. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much my idea. See, maybe if I just write in a script, I'm looking to pivot into heightened reality, but with a lot of pathos. They'll give me a, a six-part series on the spot. But I, something that's just mere true to life, and it's like, mere, like see something like them between us? I think that's so good because it's like, everybody went to school, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Most of us were did daft shit when we were at school like and then so it's like that has that setting and then it's like just the things that happen to them are so funny like so I feel comfortable being able to write that so I just want something that's about people my age in Glasgow I think they're really missing because there's been show I think there's a show called is it called Cleek and I think it's set in Edinburgh so I'm like where's where is Glasgow's show like that's no that's that's like I'm not saying it's going to be skins or anything do you know what I mean because it's going to be a comedy but I mean for that age group that's mm-hmm. what I want to do and also make it funny. I uh, just think that that's what it's missing. There's just nothing there that speaks to to your generation. Then, you think? Aye, because there's a lot. There's a lot like in general UK TV. There's so many things and that are around that age, but they're just not in Scotland. And it's an issue. It's like a, it's a bigger issue. But there's a, a lack of regional representation on the telly. Um, Aye, certainly working class. Anyway, the young working class person in Scotland, where is their voice? Aye, aye, definitely, and that. And it's like what people have issues with. It's like Scott. Why? Why in twenty twenty one has there no been like a pri- primarily Scottish set with a Scottish full Scottish cast TV show on British TV? There hasn't been one really. A successful on broadcast all across Britain and not just in Scotland. Like it's it doesn't make sense. People always have issues with accents and they say people don't understand Scottish accents, but it's the one we don't understand them because they don't hear them. Mm-hmm. It's like shows like Derry Girls and all that. Like they're like and young offenders on BBC Three, like they have such strong accents and people love it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just an issue. It's like an issue with like the BBC knowing that things exist without London. I don't mean BBC Scotland obviously I mean the, just BBC BBC London, I was gonna call it, whatever you would call it. But they, <laughs> they, they obviously don't it's like they Scotland is an afterthought and then that, that kind of tricks down to problems with budget. There's less money to make things. So uh-huh. when things they get commissioned up here, they don't have the, the same shot at being successful because they don't have as much money or a promotion behind it. I mean, I suppose that leads on to our question then is, uh, is, is that the biggest problem you face trying to create something at the moment is trying to get over that initial barrier of even just being allowed the platform? I, I think so. Because, another... What a fucking question that was. That was an amazing question. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Like, yeah, I was just thinking that. How good you are at doing this, Kim? <laughs> Fantastic. Sack the music. Sack the music. <laughs> Journalism. Journalism, Blue aye. Through. Guardian. Fucking Guardian, here I am. Right, mate, sorry. Um, I actually think one of the bigger barriers I face is kind of my age. Right? I'm 24, but when I started, I think when the pilot came on, I was just about to turn 20. I was 22. Uh, about to turn 23 and I've kind of had a lot of feedback about like I, I'm not at the point that I'm ready to take on something bigger because I'm so young but I, it's really frustrating because it's like I, I feel like it should be the, it's weird because I think in the music industry it's, it's opposite because in the music industry it's like younger people they're always like oh this is the new young face this is what where we're shifting interest to and like there's a kind of like a a shorter period of time where people are what should we say here Paul because Jamie and I are in our 30s mate we've been doing it for 12 years so aye so I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> listen I thought that as soon as I've seen it but well, the point I was going to make is it doesn't mean that anyone is less talented just because they're not the person of the moment anymore yes that's yeah. what I'm saying with the music industry when I knew like someone like Billie Eilish is what is she 18, 19 like it's now like she's the new thing and maybe pop stars that were big when I was younger, when I was in my early teens, are kind of they're still making me. They're still very successful. and They're fucking loaded, but they're just know the ones of the moment. It's not always the case, but we, what I, the point I was making is with the TV and film industry. It's like you actually kind of get to your peak till a lot older, yeah. till you're a lot older, Aye. and and it's it's kind of frustrating because in both industries it, it shouldn't have anything to do with it, and it should be to do with the quality of the work. And that's what I found quite difficult to hear comments like, "Oh, I don't think you're ready to take on this." type of this kind of scale of project because of your age and I'm like but if I was like you should only know me and you never met me and I was submitting these scripts and I told you I was 40 would you be like this is amazing like it's it's, it's how it should be judged and that's definitely a barrier that I hope will change but aye what was the other barrier thing question that was so flawless that 
Aye. 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 It's good, but obviously it's like if they, I don't know if you guys have siblings, but like it, like with your siblings, it's the one person that you'll be the kind of the biggest cunt to, won't you? Like if you are arguing about something, there's like no holds barred. Like you just go in on each other, and we definitely had a problem with that. Like, like see if I was working with someone else making comedy, and they were like, "What about this idea?" And I was like, "I just like, oh, I don't really know if that works." Um, yeah. Maybe that doesn't really gel with what I've came up with, but we have all just like absolutely fucking not that shit. And then yeah, so that is, and he would do the same to me. So it's interesting, but on the other hand, it's really good because you can be really honest with feedback, and and that kind of helps you to get to the point faster. I think because there's no kind of you know tiptoeing around the issue. You're just straight in pussy it, but footing. also yes, no pussy footing at all with my brother. But um, <laughs> but then it doesn't like it is like kind of difficult because it's like actually you do need to be professional when you are working on like more professional projects. You actually do need to be more professional, and I and I, I'm saying this for me. This is me looking back and thinking that I probably should have been kinder in that instance. But um, I, I, I it's good fun as well. It's just, it's just fun, and then everybody obviously like family gatherings are all, all like, oh, do something funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we're like a team in that way, but hopefully we'll do some stuff. He lives in Edinburgh now, actually, so I don't I don't see him as much. But um, he's kind of focusing on stand up. He wants well, he was before this. So he wants to do stand up. That's really the path he wants to take. He's also a musician, so he's doing. Uh, he's just trying to do a load of stuff, and I'm more focused on writing for TV and film. That's my kind of goal. So I mean, is music a big? part of your life then Paul? Aye definitely I think I have loads of like any ideas that's kind of different to comedy but any ideas I've had for like short films and that I always like most of the time I get ideas for oh, I sound like such a wank but like getting ideas for songs like I've just playlists we have about 2,000 songs on my Spotify right and it's just all songs that either give, have get, given me ideas for something for like a music video or for a short film or, or even sometimes comedy as well it's it's definitely a big part of it and I grew up like my brother was always playing piano and guitar like all the time and I've always been kind of surrounded by music growing up so yeah like <laughs> I'm not going to say we're like a musical family or anything that's not no, true, say, it, like, say, say you're a musical family yeah. we're a, no we're no because I'm the he's the only kid that can play an instrument in my family right. but like my cousins and that they do and, and my brother my sister's husband like there he's a musician as well so they they are kind of, it's definitely something I'm, I've been around quite a lot. And I'm all, listen, I don't know how people are they list. Like, I, there's not an activity I'm doing where I'm not listening to music. Like, I genuinely don't know. Like, I couldn't walk anywhere if I didn't have my headphones. I just wouldn't leave the house. Are you listening to music right now? I, I'm actually not. I thought that'd be a bit rude, so I paused it. But, I, like, I, my worst nightmare is being on public transport without headphones. I was out running the other day, and then my headphones ran out, and it was enough to make me just go home. <laughs> oh, I know I, I would do the same listen these airpods are on finance I, <laughs> I got these fake curries for a tenner a month and I thought that's a deal I can't turn down I need these I'm no cutting about with earphones with wires on them embarrassing yeah. myself no way when I could be in debt to curries where did, uh, where did you grow up man where are you from I'm from so I'm from a place called Corker Hill right but people don't really know it Generally, unless you're around that, that area, life. exactly. It's a train stop. You might have seen the train station there, but it's a, uh, it's basically like, in between the areas that people know. There's Pollock, then there's Cardonald, and there's Moss Park, and then Cork Hills in between all them. It's near Silverburnish, kinda. Very useful. I'm wishy cares motherwell. All right, so not even Glasgow. Listen, I've got a bone to pick. With, I've got a bone to pick with Motherwell. <laughs> What's that? I don't. I don't have a bone to pick, but a lot of my friends. Well. Few of my friends, I really went too far and said a lot of my friends, that's not true. Two of my pals are one's from Motherwell and one's from Airdrie, right? And they always, like, I slag their accents and all their pals' accents because I'm like, you's, like, why are you no speaking with me? We're for 20 minutes, we live 20 minutes apart from each other. Why have you got, I've not noticed it with you, to be fair, but, like, there's a lot of Suhans and Ivdies and they, they, <laughs> they slag my accent. And I'm like, I'm no, I'm no the one to be getting slagged here. I'm, I've got the right accent. 
No, I, I would say that we've all got quite a something. Maybe these just fucking weirdos have got power. No, to, uh, to be honest, I was going to, if you was asking me to guess where he's fair, with brother said like the East End or something, because you don't know, you didn't know where I was, the area I mentioned, so you're not for the South Side. Yeah. And I thought, well, but aye, I, didn't, I didn't have you down for a mother well, Ian. I mean, I, I absolutely know the answer I was talking to you. Is growing up with your surroundings, is it played a big part in what you write about and all that? You just write about what you see? Aye, like, Definitely, like I, so, like the kind of Courtney and our more characters is just like based on every woman in my life, like every middle-aged mo that I grew up around, all my neighbours and my aunties and my mo and my gran. Like, it's definitely that working-class mo is the funniest character to me. So that's why that was kind of the first thing we did. And then that ghost boy character day that you've seen the video that I posted uh, tonight. I used to work in a bar in the West End, and I was kind of like a lot of the punters it was like weird because you would have techno nights that were like spice boy techno nights but then you would have like techno that was more the art school vibe so it was such a Aye. weird mix but i am um, it would always be like i just i can't believe this people speak like this and how did i get a job here i do not fit in with these people so i, I that's kind of where that character was came from the kind of you know west end maybe for glasgow maybe for somebody else have a stupid accent and are rich as fucking gentrify Govan Hill type vibe. <laughs> what one of your characters is your favourite? Who's your who do you uh, who do you have the, the biggest soft spot for? Oh, I've not got that many, so <laughs> it's no it's no a lot to choose from. But I I mean I, I don't the character my brother plays Court, Courtney doesn't really matter. She's just a kind of prop for the Maw character to really shine. So I'd say it's have to be Maw, who doesn't have a name. She's just called Maw. Um uh, yeah, she's she's my favourite, definitely. But I do like playing Ghost Boy as well because I feel that it's just it's one of the characters you could put in absolutely any situation, and I know how they would react to it and what they would say. So it's and Aye. it's just funny, like like I see loads of people do characters similar to that now, and I'm not saying now is an invent to that, obviously, didn't they? but <laughs> like I, I just mean it's it's obviously very easy to do. So that's probably why I like it so much. I want to see a return of the the wee American guy. Well, that's funny you say that because. Uh, when we first were having meetings, we kind of like BBC and all that. Um, I, I don't like to say that, actually. I don't like to slag them off. What can I say instead of that? ITV. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I first started having meetings with producers and that, there was a lot of them that were like, oh, what about the Glasgow guy? Like, what if we have him going to Edinburgh? And I was like, no. It, 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 it was... Uh, the joke happened. We can't just keep flogging a detours here. Actually, I've only brought him back once, and it was because someone I know his family member worked for Glasgow City Council, and they wanted at the start of lockdown they wanted people to stop gathering in parks, and they asked me if I was there, <laughs> and I and I did. So we advert for the council. Uh, Why don't you do uh, like as if he's been trapped here for the full of lockdown and not allowed to travel? Someone said that to me. All right, sorry, ruin your idea but someone suggested that to me already that he's oh he's not been able to get back to america because of lockdown but i don't know maybe i will maybe when i'm running out of content which is always like so i've started making tiktoks obviously recently and i am yeah. um, like a lot any like i could i post anything like genuinely i could i could post all oh, my grand's just died and someone will comment people make glasgow and i'm like i like <laughs> <laughs> can we change this can we get rid of this batter it's like people just bring it up all the time anyway so I'm like maybe I don't have to but that is how I joined TikTok because this lassie that posted because that's what I didn't get about it right I don't know do you use it do you have the app I mean we're a, we're a bit older than you Paul we're 30, 31 and, uh, and I downloaded TikTok the like a couple of months ago or whatever and within I'm pretty bored of exaggerating and within like two or three minutes of looking at it I went that's fucking terrifying to me. Everything on that is way too good at it already, and I don't understand it. So I put it away. But I think because it's like people are getting like 2,000 followers a day by just posting up banal pish, as a right. band that wants to continue to grow and, and get followers and that, like we probably will need to make a transition to it at some point. But knowing us, it'll be like way too, it'll be when the fucking new thing comes out, we'll finally get there. <laughs> But like, uh, I I just find it quite a scary app, man. To be honest, and we're no very. This is a platform ideal for us because it feels like what I recognise is what a platform for a voice should be. 
it's an interview and it's a podcast and it's like a safe space where there's like that TikTok thing seems terrifying to me. I just think it's as a, a person that's not very social like that, quite, quite. Uh, anyway, mate, sorry, tell me your story. <laughs> no, there was this story. I, I can't even remember what story is, but I was genuinely asking because I felt everything you said there, I felt the exact same. I downloaded it maybe the start of lockdown. I was like, right, better get on this. Like, I make funny videos. This is the future. I downloaded that and I was like, I fucking hate this. This is, as you said, terrifying. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Pure sensory overload. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is for Wayne's. I can't, like, this, mm-hmm. I miss Vine. I was like, Vine was great. This is shite. But then I was just like, and I kept complaining about it. And for some of my pals were like, you should get on that. Honestly, you're an idiot if you don't. And I was like, pure stubborn. I was like, nah, I don't. It's not for me. It's not for me. And then, I posted one sketch and it like it get more interaction air night than I've had in it and I've posted any social media before like ever before and I was like fucking hell it's like there's just so many people on it constantly and it, it's got some algorithm that makes your content short I don't get it let's see you're starting out how would you recommend getting into get into doing comedy how do you go about it well I think you, there's only one way to do it and it's to put stuff out and it's like you need to just put stuff up online and even if you have any following that's literally that's how you do it and once upon a time I didn't have a following you know I know it's like to be, to be the underdog no but I, it's like I, that's the only way to do it now because I like there's script rooms and stuff but they're really hard to get into it's so so hard to get yourself noticed so and everything even if you do get noticed everything takes so long in development that you may as well just keep putting stuff out and see to be honest if you're half decent at it it's that most stick and if you Aye. just keep flinging enough shit at the wall, like mm-hmm. some like something will take off. Like, and I know people that have done videos content, like just people following Twitter that have done video content for ages, and it was all kind of like moderately successful, nothing major, and then suddenly they get a really big thing, and then they're on a roll, and it keeps going, and then their platform just shoots like rock skyrockets, and that is how every opportunity I've had, like in TV or any acting gigs or anything, has came through me uploading stuff on Facebook I literally would I wouldn't be involved in it at all if I hadn't and don't worry about like for me for so long I would like I don't want to be like I'm a perfectionist because I'm a, oh, definitely no but like I would really overthink it and people see if something is at its core funny people don't give a fuck about anything else like it's it's me thinking oh is the timing with that amazing and obviously that is an important thing as you go along but there's so many, think of all the viral videos that are named, like especially in Scotland, right? There's like at least a hundred videos that everybody knows that are viral, right? But they're no generally, most of them, 99% of them are not like thought out comedy sketches. Yeah. And they're just like, but like, there's so like there's so many that come to mind that are just like, like, oh, you cunt, that's a slice of ham, or I've had three vodka cokes in a mad way, or fuck's sake, Cali, when the guy gets hit. But all the things, like, they're just, and, and the we had one. Things, Oh, did you? What was me, that? Me, me and Kerry, we played the I Can't Get My Granny After Drugs. Oh, aye. The, I didn't know that was yours. Five million uh, views. And it was like, they get, we get more followers and that after that than for like, than any, any song or whatever. Spent £1,000 in music videos and that, and this thing the Just literally came back from Morocco in the Sahara Desert filming. Fucking this amazing oh. music video. Wow. And cost whatever, done it ourselves, and then come back. Fucking somebody filmed in a phone us playing "Can I Get a Granny After Drugs?" Millions and millions of views. It. It's a uh, policy. What you were saying earlier on about folk, you upload videos. There's always somebody saying Glasgow, Aye. on it. Is it um, same any time I've been playing in pubs or whatever, just try to play covers for a bit of money. There's always somebody going, "I'll go and play Can I Get a Granny After Drugs." <laughs> Do you know how it's um? quite surreal the amount of people that actually believe you're being you're being real or you're I love that that's crack to me see when I see when I see people <laughs> like the best ones are because the, the kind of all the videos we started doing originally all of them were that kind of mockumentary style yeah but I'm like Aye. if you ever like every cunt can see that it's fake but with uh, like some of them we did ones where we were like it was like a parody of that Nightmare Neighbours show and it was uh I, and loads of people are commenting all these things like, oh, that's cruel, you're harassing that boy, phone the police. Like, all the like, people genuinely concerned for my well-being. Uh, and 
it's like as well, I'm like, well, they've obviously never seen any other videos, so on one hand, I'm like, bastard. No, obviously not doing it as well as we think. But but that is how the that's how the Glasgow one was so popular because I would say fifty percent, maybe more people thought it was real. Like and then even now, like like literally like I, I think a TikTok I posted last week, somebody commented on it, no way that's that guy for the Glasgow video, he's Scottish and I'm like, Listen, it's been three years. <laughs> how are you just how are you just getting it now? So to round up then, mate, what's next? What happens in 2021 was the grand plans. I honestly fuck knows. I've, I'm I'm trying a lot of things. I'm try, I've been writing for about diff, different things that have been in development for about a, a year and a half now, and I'm just hoping one of them eventually they're just like, right, this is it, go for it, mm-hmm. go make a series or go make another pilot or something. But I'm just going to keep put making my own stuff for now, and hopefully that because it's definitely I've noticed the difference because I really it's, for a long time didn't upload thing, anything like nearly a year like maybe one video in a year and now that i've just started posting started posting regularly like it, my following has grown quite fast and i've had more opportunities and mm. like i'm doing an acting gig this week that i definitely wouldn't have been getting last week eh, last year and like this thing i just noticed like the more you put yourself out there the more the opportunity is going to come so i'm just going to do that as much as i can but i'm bad i'm what if people start getting sick of me that's fine Aye, people are sick of you and you have got a book <laughs> and as, you said, as you said earlier we're way too old to be doing this still anyway so i mean uh you uh, uh what i said earlier was that your music career's over <laughs> listen I, i'll direct a music video for you it will only be funny though no, I could uh, flip it. Your serious, serious stuff. Shit. Schindler's List shit. Yeah, Schindler's List in the Moroccan desert. Paul, thank you very much, sir. It was lovely talking to you, yeah, gentlemen. No problem. Thank you for having us on. It was lovely to meet you. Pleasure speaking to you. Aye, and I'll be I'll be waiting for your girlfriend to watch the film <laughs> when it comes. <laughs> fantastic cast once again that's 48 fantastic casts over a 52 week period crazy you do the mass i just done it for you but but you also do it <laughs> at home <laughs> <laughs> and what that equates to is some serious dedication to the cast for the podcasts so it is only fair that we ask you the listener what do we ask that is tell them what we ask donate Donate. Donate. <laughs> <laughs> With a question mark. Donate. <laughs> donate. We ask you, the listener, to please donate to the one and only Patreon account. Some new some new patrons again. Let's let's go and give them a quick shout out. Kevin Mackay, what a guy. Kevin Mackay, what a guy. When I hear him Kevin, screams to me quite instantly. Prowess. It's a name with a lot of prowess. Certainly um, is. A noble, really, it sounds noble. Very noble, noble gentleman. A guy who would happily donate something substantial like he has done to three very talented, original, humble People thinkers. That deserve it. If you want to be, if you would like your name to be read, read aloud like Kevin's, you know what to do. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button on the Patreon account and the Patreon account. I still... Uh, 52 weeks I, in don't. I, I, I did find at one point I did find out how you say it but now I forgot I think it's Patreon patreon.com forward slash the LaFontaines Patreon Patreon it's <laughs> <laughs> up on the Patreon also please keep liking and sharing it and and reviewing it on all the, the, the Apple and the Spotify and all that because um, it really helps it really does Definitely. it certainly does I was help. thinking for one one podcast we could do we could make a song that basically encompasses everyone that we're saying the now so we can just play that at the end let's do that let's next week come on the cast we'll do and that we'll create the patreon patreon Aye. 
Jingle. Jingle. That's a great idea. Just something I accept at the end. Thanking you for your time. Saying it was another fantastic podcast. And we can even, uh, like, read out folks' names. We'll have a wee instrumental bit. Read out folks' names. And then it just goes boom into our, our lyrics or whatever. We're, we're, we're I think that's the, that's what we'll do. Next next week we make the jingle. So tune in for that one. That's got to be a big, big business. Big business. Um, <laughs> and Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once again... The three staples of the LaFontaine's podcast. I say peace, as you say what? Uh, unity. That's right, Jim. What do you say? Love. That's right. <laughs> and from us three amigos, we say good night, Vienna. Good night, Vienna. Uh, good night, Vienna. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.